Welcome to the Madge and Mastro Podcast. Hey. Oh. Welcome to the Madge and Mastro Podcast. My name is Madge. And I'm Mastro. Mastro, we've made it to the month of June. It's June 4th. But the sun is not really shining in your part of town. I actually drove by your area earlier today, and there was a dark cloud enveloping the east end of Laval as your tears rain from the heavens. How are you feeling after what we witnessed over the past couple weeks and specifically earlier this week? Disappointment, deception, lack of confidence. But most importantly, it feels very customary as if I've become adjusted to this lifestyle where I can never seem to get what I so hopingly deserve. Yeah. You had even said it to me the day after I left you alone that night. I think I was a good friend in that you regard. Did. I respect a that. A lot of I our other friends that. did not do that. that. They railed you. Douchebags. Yep. We spoke the next day and the words you used that stuck with me were immune, kind of apropos for the yep. time. Anyways, oh, as, we, as everyone knows, we're talking about the Leafs and the Habs. We'll get into that more later. It's the 27th episode, I believe, of the Magic Master Podcast. 27, yeah. So 27. a bit of business, obviously, for those listening or who are expecting to listen to Apple Podcasts. We're still dealing with technical difficulties. We apologize. We're still working on that diligently to get that fixed. Uh, to find us on social media, at Magic Master Pod on Twitter, at Magic Master Podcast on Instagram. Mastro went semi-viral with his post-game reel, our first reel on the Instagram account. So stick around for more of those. There'll be more coming. But today, Mastro, actually it wasn't today, but a few days ago, an important national day for Italians around the world. That's right. And we have to say it on June 2nd, it was La Festa della Repubblica, which uh, is where Italians celebrate the forming of the Italian Republic back in 1946 on that date, where there was a referendum, uh, Italian citizens voted, and they became the nation, became an official republic. So it's it's actually quite an important day in Italian history. It happens to be the 75th annual Festa della Repubblica. So I just think it's important to note, you know, it's it's a big week. Uh, it's a big milestone. And I mean, we obviously a, a good chunk, a good portion of this podcast is us arguing about sports. But we are, you know, two Italian paisans sitting here yelling. And, and it, yeah, it's important to us. So it's, it's just uh, it's an important fact to keep in there. And I think it's it's really important to mention it. Yeah, no, like you said, an important milestone in the history of the country where I think it applies more, I would say, to our grandparents and our ancestors For sure. more than it does to us. But something we definitely keep in mind as proud Italian Canadians uh, over on the west side of the globe. I guess not really the west side, but anyways, yeah. we'll call it the western side of the uh, of the globe. Uh, I believe you That's have it. to uh, set me up for something here. Yeah, I think. Uh, what was it again? Uh, we wait. We did the so we did the intro. We did the. Oh right. Um, so Madge, I believe uh, <clears throat> due to recent events. Recent events. Yes. Uh, you are the <laughs> recent <laughs> recent events. Uh, you are the uh, the honorable victor between us two, and um, perhaps having beaten the Leafs in the first round of the playoffs, you are granted the final winner's circle of this NHL season. Therefore, I leave you the floor. You have your time and I shall shut up. Yeah, it's 
it's honestly quite unbelievable that I find myself in this situation. I was as confident as you were braggadocious after the Leafs took a 3-1 lead. And what I'd like to do during this winter circle is make sure you've been imparted a, a, a going away lesson, which is don't count your, what is it? Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Don't put the card in front of the horse. Pick any of them. That's that's correct. That's correct. This series, I'm usually the eternal optimist, but this series, just it just didn't seem like the Habs had it. And something must have happened between games four and five. Was it the veterans? Was it uh, sheer luck? Was it the will to come back? I don't know what it was, but the Canadians found a gear that I didn't think they had in them. And I commend them for a phenomenal comeback that I will cherish for the rest of time. Not because I want to brag about it, but because I know that if you had won, I would have never heard the end of it. So I thank Carey Price and the Canadians for shutting up Mastro because that big mouth would have not stopped for at least another decade, if not longer. So thank you to the Habs. I graciously set down from the finals winner circle, but don't put it too far away because the Miami Dolphins will be keeping me busy in the winter circle when the NFL season begins. But Mastro, before we get to NFL, before we get to any of that, we got a lot to talk about today, so let's get right into it. It's time for this week's Big Brachole. All right, Mastro, we're back with the Big Brachole. We got a lot to get to, no time to waste. Let's head to the pitch first. Champions League, a shocker across the pond. Chelsea and the Blues and my boy Jacques, happy after a phenomenal performance from uh, midfielder N'Golo Kante. And that one goal from Kai Havertz was enough for Chelsea to pull off the upset over Man City. You had Man City. I tended to agree with you in your prediction uh, before the game. But we were proven wrong. So what happened on that glorious Saturday afternoon for Chelsea fans to uh, raise the trophy? Yeah, it was a it was a pretty insane game, if you ask me. And I think I put too much confidence in Pep Guardiola's strategy because it totally backfired. He threw guys out there like Raheem Sterling, who uh, to me was rusty as hell. He put uh, he went very defensive with uh, Zinchenko instead of Jal Cancelo, and and Rodri was nowhere to be found at the beginning of this game, which would have provided a lot more offense. If you ask me. Chelsea played the smarter game. They took advantage of mistakes. Timo Werner had a had a sick game. This guy had a, he was all over the place. I think he ran 500 miles the entire game. And Kai Havertz only scores because Timo Werner makes a run to the left flank and takes Ruben Diaz with him, splitting the gap for Havertz to run through. So I, that was great. Um, Mares for for Man City was absolutely ineffective against that that defensive wall. And I'm not going to go on forever. It's just Man City had had no attack going on. I think the wrong guys were put on the field. The strategy backfired for Pep. And Man City's not getting their first ever Champions League. It, it's going to Chelsea, the Blues, and 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 Jacques. I'm sure Jacques is real happy. I'm, I'm happy for him because I, I was indifferent to the result. Uh, just all it was still an exciting game though. One nil game is always exciting. But I'm going to be honest. Werner could have had two or three on his own. Uh, so I, I think it was a little bit more Chelsea's way than people might have thought, even despite the possession going 60-40 towards Man City. So all in all, Chelsea just played the smarter game and that gets them the win. Yeah, it was a fantastic game, Astro. Let's move it over to the NBA, though, because I don't have much to say about soccer. I watched most of the game. I was just trying to enjoy I was just trying to enjoy the show. But uh, let's talk a little basketball as we get into the NBA playoffs. Okay, so based on what we've seen so far in the NBA playoffs, is has anything stood out for you at all? A lot has stood out for me. We could go on and on about the NBA playoffs. I got to shout out Dame Lillard. 
they're they're playing game five against Denver, arguably the biggest game of the series because the balance of the series, the, the balance of power in the series shifts in game five in all playoffs. And no one really showed up for Portland that night. They really had no business being in that game late at the end of the game. And if you watch the game, I, I tuned in late in the third quarter, actually most of the second half. And, you know, Dame was doing his thing, but there was nothing magical happening yet. Denver takes a lead late, and then Dame Lillard just went off. He finished the night 12 for 17 from three, 70.6% from three, and some of these shots were mind-boggling. It didn't it didn't make sense how they were going oh, in. Yeah. Dame time, it was just, I, I don't have words for it. If you didn't watch that game, it's hard to explain, but what was disappointing was that no one else for the Blazers was making shots that night. Unfortunately, one of the greatest performances in NBA playoff history will likely be forgotten because the Blazers couldn't pull it off, but... Without Dame Lillard, that game would have been over a lot earlier. Uh, just goes to show how good this guy is, and any hate he does get is not deserved. You've been talking up the Mavs, too, and another superstar yes, sir. not far from where that series was taking place going off in his own right. I mean, look, I've said it from the start. Luka Doncic is absolute fire, and you see what the Mavs are like without him. I mean, it, it, it it's a 3-2 series for Dallas for a reason. For me, it could have been over by now. Doncic just comes back in Game 5 and and back to normal, back to business as usual. You know, the, the, the Mavs are on fire again. He didn't look good in Game 4. You could tell his neck injury was bothering him, but he was something else in Game That's 5. Right. 42 points. He carried that team to that Game 5 victory. Absolutely. Absolutely. He absolutely carried. And, and to be fair, if he does go down at any point going forward, I think the Mavs are in trouble. They do rely heavily on that. But the NBA is what it is. That that one-two punch, those duos, that's what carries teams to the finals. So very quickly, Mastro, some of these series are over. No surprises, really. The Bucks sweep the Heat. The Sixers finish off the Wizards. And the Atlanta Hawks, maybe the one surprise there. Uh, Trey Young leading Atlanta to a series victory. Any thoughts on any of those series? I mean, everything is pretty standard. I was kind of hoping Memphis would shock Utah because I still think they're a weak number one seed. Otherwise, yeah, Atlanta's probably the... The bright spot there, Trey Young. You you either you love to hate him or you hate to love him, but he's the quintessential bad guy, and I love the role he plays. So probably one of my my favorite guys in the league, to be honest. Trey Young, honestly, I I liked his game before these playoffs, but I don't really have any vitriol against the Knicks. But just watching him play that villain no. character to perfection, yeah, was must see television, sure. and he backed it up, man. They lost game one. You said, all right, we'll see you in the A, or was it game one or game two? I can't remember which game they lost, but he said, we'll see you in the A. And actually, they won game one on his uh, big shot, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. So That's right. They won game one, lost game two. We'll see. Some people view this Atlanta Hawks team as a dark horse. I don't know if they have enough to get to the finals, but they're on to the second round. Um, yeah. So a lot of good stuff going on in the NBA. We keep talking about it, but I know you want to get to your beloved but beleaguered Toronto Maple Leafs. I just want to get your take on what happened. I know you're disappointed. But Mastro, I just want to say, when I predicted the Habs in seven before the series, I said the two things that I said were key factors for the Habs is exactly what happened. Carey Price played like Carey Price, especially from games five to seven. And the Leafs just can't seem to get over that mental block. I said it before the series, until they do it, I'm not going to believe it's it's possible. And once again, they fell flat. So what do you think were some of the factors that led to their collapse so I did a lot of reading on this uh, in my my quiet time because I've, I've been avoiding social media, to be completely honest, for a couple of days now, just because I, I don't want to see it. But I've done a lot of reading on, you know, analysts just just taking a look at the team 
the, the, the staff, the management, the coaching, and just kind of summing up what like, you know, people are trying to nitpick and figure out what the problem is because on paper, like many have said, this is a very good team and they showed it throughout the season. So why is it when the playoffs start, it's almost as if everybody gets cold feet, but you have guys in there who have one playoff series for you. I mean, we lost Jake Muslin in game seven, but the game, the series shouldn't even have gone that far. You know, you have, you have what, three, four, what is it, like four, three or four former captains on that team in Tavares, Spezza, uh, Joel Thornton, uh, Nick Fellini. That's four guys who captained other teams. So you can't say leadership's an issue. Yeah, talent definitely sure as hell is not the issue because the talent is obviously there. You're paying almost $50 million for it. So I, to me, it, it has to be coaching. It, it has to be the coaching. And I've said it from day one. Sheldon Keith is, is not the right coach for this team. He may be a good coach, but not here. He's quiet. He gets aggravated at times where it's unnecessary. I don't find he's a great example for the players under him. He's also a pretty young coach, so it doesn't help when the older guys probably kind of pull rank on him in a way. It, it's just, the, the system is not working. And to me, it, it's exemplified when Matthews and Marner was clearly not working the entire series, and yet they stayed together the entire time. All right. And I'm going to pull out one quick stat, which, which supports during my reel why I said I think Marner is probably the biggest trade option for Toronto right now. He had in his entire career, he has five playoff goals. All right. At the same time in his, in, in those same amount of playoff games, he has five delay of game penalties. That's a problem. Okay. That that's a mental issue that it, it, it's a mental thing. It's a psychological thing. And he's been in the league long enough. He's had enough playoff games under his belt. He's, he's not getting over this hump specifically for him. It, it's time to move on from him. Pick up maybe a solid goaltender you can back and and, and maybe Jack Campbell's your backup, even though I love the guy because I don't know if you saw the presser. He was practically in tears because he feel like he let everybody down. Um, so I really do love the guy. I hope he sticks around. Maybe you find a better, maybe you find a, a, a top pairing defenseman to play with Riley on the right side because I don't know if Brody's necessarily the number one option, but do something. Like make a splash because it's it's not working. This core is just not working. That's, that's it. Yeah, I think you hit on a, a couple of good points. For me, Obviously, I'm not going to lie to you. It was fun to watch. Of course. But what I noticed and what I, you know, in doing my own research too, something that continuously came up was a lack of adjustments from Toronto, yeah. especially late in the series. The series wasn't as physical as I think people expected it to be, but I think the Habs were able to lean on some of the smaller Toronto guys a little bit, especially by yeah. the end of the series, which we're saying about Mitch Marner, especially that pivotal penalty he took in game five, uh, game, game six, six, I believe game it was. Six. Yeah. Like there was no one around him. I don't know if he heard footsteps or I don't know what he was thinking when he chucked that puck into the stands. But that to me is is a more of a you know a mental thing. Not that I'm not. I don't, don't want to say any of these guys are scared. But for you to yeah, he could have done anything besides what he did in that moment. Yeah, and I he could have just he could have curled it down the ice. I wonder if the physicality does play a role in um, you know the way some of these guys because Austin Matthews played pretty good. He had his chances. He couldn't beat Carey Price. He hit a bunch of posts. Yeah. You know, if one of those goals goes in, maybe the, the tide of the series changes. If they win in overtime in game five when they yeah. dominated, the series is over. Yeah. And then we're not talking about this. So anything can happen in the playoffs. Uh, honestly, it was just fun going back and forth with you. I like, I just want to say too, I like that we can have this rivalry without being uh, crazy about it. Like I know some oh, people, yeah. you know, we can still be passionate and, and go at each other. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all love. So if people are wondering how we managed to get to this episode, as we, if people if people were wondering if we were going to make it to this episode, there was never any doubt about that. So yeah, we could again we could do a whole episode on the Leafs For and sure. the Habs and the Leafs problems and if the Habs are, you know, even worthy of where they are. I think 
you know, it's not a question of them being worthy or not. And now they're in round two, and obviously nope. everyone's talking about what happened the other night with Jake oh. Evans. We're going to get into that a bit later. We will. We will. Oh, we but well, I do want to talk to you about some of the other stuff going on in the league. Is there anything that stood out to you from any of the other series yeah. that either happened or are oh. going on now? I Both. think we could stick to round two. Dude, Colorado is untouchable. Untouchable. Vegas should have won. Vegas should have won game two. Game two. Exactly, they should have, but they didn't. Nate McKinnon is unreal. Like I, I don't understand. It's it, he's the opposite. He 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 turns it on in the playoffs. He found a second gear or third or fourth or fifth. You know, like unbelievable. I I I don't know what to say anymore. Like forget about you know the the, the fact that there's Landis Cog Rantanen behind them. Uh, the fact that they have a, a, an insanely stalwart def- defense uh, led by Kale McCarr, who's just as effective at both ends of the ice. I mean, by and far young, the best and roster. And they're young by far the best. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, by and, far the and best roster. What 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 kills me is when you see Nate McKinnon say, "I'll take a pay cut to keep winning with these guys." If that's not the guy you want on your team, you you stop playing team sports. Like, just get out of here. That mm-hmm. that ah, oh, it's insane. Hit that talent, and he just wants ah, oh, man, unselfish. That's yeah, ideal player right there. I'm sorry. They're deep. They're fast. They can transition the puck out of their zone. It's beautiful to watch. Kill McCarr, Sam oh, Girard. My God, yeah. And they're gonna get Devin Tays is one of the most underrated guys in the league, and then they're gonna get Bowen Byron back in the lineup. It's just yep. a, an embarrassment of riches in Colorado. Yeah, but uh, Vegas did have them in game two, I believe. We don't need to get into the officiating, but. Uh, yeah, there was a lot was, of mis- there was a lot of missed calls in that uh, game. Yeah, yeah, and for them we've to call, seen it, call we've overtime, seen it everywhere. We've seen it everywhere, right? It's yeah, not, yeah, for sure. Know? We're not gonna we're not gonna use that as a crutch here. That's but, it. Uh, in okay. every series, it's been bad, and we could do a whole segment on that too. My Carolina pick not looking great. They too should Wait. have had game two <laughs> against Tampa. Our brackets um, are destroyed. I was curious. Yeah, our brackets are pretty much finished. Your bracket was done when, when <laughs> Florida is, lost. This crap. <laughs> I'm curious of the four series. Yeah. Left uh, very quickly because we're almost done the big brush hole here. Yeah. Like for you as a fan, yeah. What what semifinals do you want to see? Like what do you who do you want to come out? Not who do you think is gonna come out? What who do series, I want to see? What okay. matchups do you want to see in the and we already know that it's gonna be the north versus the west yes. and the east versus the central. Yes. So that kind of makes it a bit easier. So who would you who would you want to see in the next round? Uh I mean, okay, so I I definitely want to see Colorado. Uh, I'd I'd like to see Colorado Montreal to be honest. If if that could happen, I think that would be more exciting than a Colorado Winnipeg. And on the other side, I would say I want to see Tampa Boston because those are two proven Cup teams, and I just want to see them face each other because I feel like those are two very gritty teams. I think it'll be a pretty nasty like battle and then i think it, to be honest i think it's gonna be chalk it's gonna be colorado tampa final if you ask me I'm, I'm done with the the upsets i'm done with all that that garbage it's just colorado tampa that's what i'm going with that'll be an exciting final we'll find out what happens in the next weeks i like the picks you made montreal colorado people are already calling that the quote-unquote battle of quebec that's right As everyone knows colorado <laughs> came from quebec city that's it. i obviously want to see carolina go far but i wouldn't mind that boston tampa series so we'll see what happens looks looks like a lot of fun that's the big brush hole master let's move right along Okay, Mashro, it's been a minute since we've done this. Time for Paisano Preference. It's a time for some CFL talk. I haven't done that in a while either. So it's good to be talking football. It's summer. Hopefully the season gets going in a couple months. But let's talk about branding, merch, and team names 
The Edmonton, formerly the Edmonton Eskimos, have now rebranded to the Edmonton Elks with an S. Hmm. So we'll have another debate another day about whether or not Elks is grammatically correct. It's not. I say no, but regardless, besides that point, uh, the Edmonton Elks is the new team name as announced by Chris Presson, the president of the Elks. We're going to decide if we prefer Elk or some of the other options or maybe go off the board. I'm going to be very quick, Master. I actually like it. Uh, maybe not the Elks part, but they can kind of keep the same branding. The logo is actually pretty clean and I love the helmet look. The gold with the Elkhorn looks pretty cool in my opinion. It, it gives me Rams vibes in the NFL. It's an antler. What did I call it? A horn. What did I call it? A horn? It's an yeah, antler. Whatever. The thing is sticking out of their ears. <laughs> I actually don't ears. mind it. It looks pretty good. And they can still keep the EE, which is what they kind of had. And the True. you know, it looks like the fonts are all the same too. So I, I prefer that they that they changed it to this, but I think you have a very different opinion that we're gonna disagree on. Oh my god. Yeah. The elk elks? Elks. Elk, elks, like who have you have you ever like, like I who? said, elks doesn't ring doesn't roll off the tongue, you know, but the actual but look like, and feel is uh, is pretty good. I agree. The the logo is nice. The helmets are nice. Uh, very Christmassy or whatever. I don't know. They look at reindeer. Like uh, I'm not feeling the vibe. You know, like I'm I, if I'm the opposing team, I'm like yo, I'm gonna go crush some elks now because what the like, elk, you know? like who all right, sees all right. elks? Who who walks around? Oh, an elk! Look, he's cute. Like I don't, yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't even know what an elk looks like, but. It's a. It's, uh, what would you What would you have preferred? Okay, okay, I put some thought into this, and I I was thinking. So yeah, I'm sorry, Masha. Before you get into your choice, I just want to say the other names that were seriously considered. For some reason, this list is like a whole page: the Evergreens, the Evergolds, the Eclipse, the Elk Hounds, the Eagles, and the Elements. A Masha went off the Garbage. board with his choice. Let's Garbage. hear. It. Those are trash. The name should have been the Edmonton Earthquake. Also trash. Not trash. Let me explain. Give me your re- give me your reason first why. Of off the top, I say off the top, I say trash. But I want to hear your okay. reasoning. I, first of all, we're keeping that whole EE brand, so that doesn't have to change. Okay. Uh, Fine. Out of everything you named, including Elks, none of those are fierce, uh, energetic. Uh, uh, None of them remind me of what my team would want to be called. At least an earthquake has some ferocity to it. And, you know, it, it it's more, I don't know, I'd rather want to play if I'm part of the earthquake rather than being an elk, you know? Is it but, earthquake singular or plural? Singular, like, like because it's a okay. unit. The team is one unit. It's not a bunch of individuals. Okay, it's okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, okay. Kind of like the avalanche. Uh, exactly. On top of that, all right, on top of that, picture the logo could be like the Edmonton skyline with the Walterdale Bridge and I just rising out of like rubble and rock and stuff. You know, like I think that'll be pretty cool. How is that a good thing? Your 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 logo is promoting the city getting rocked and destroyed no, by an earthquake? No, it's rising from that. With like nothing rises during an earthquake, oh, it crumbles during an earthquake. No, that's you, you're missing the point. You're missing, no, you're, no, you're totally missing. It, it, it's, it's a chance to rebrand at the same time. The jerseys could still be green, but the yellow could be like all like, uh, you know, like bolting through like, like shattered jerseys all the way across. So lightning, like it could be more so electric, lightning. kind of, yeah. But so, it, it's light, way so more lightning, electric. no, not lightning. It so, looks what is like lightning? Shattered. so, what is lightning? You know what? The only thing that has to do with, you know, you know, the only cor- correlation that electricity and earthquakes have is that there's what? no electricity when there's an earthquake. <laughs> wow. That's no, you're, you're missing the point. Okay. <laughs> on top of that, you know, I'm just on top of that, you know, I'm just busting you, but in all seriousness, I know that you put a lot of thought into it. 
but you haven't convinced me. That's not even it. That's not even it. Okay. Okay. Because if you didn't here. know, if you didn't know, Edmonton happens to be the staging point for large-scale oil sands project and diamond mining operations, which are done mm-hmm. in the earth. Yeah, but the earth doesn't have anything to do with the earthquake. Really? What quakes? The earth. The earthquakes. I know that, but... Well, there you go. The earth that they're digging into is, like, dirt. Yeah, they're and- digging into it, causing tremors, like an earthquake. <laughs> I hope we can pull this part out because you look like you were DJing with your, with your hands there. There, there was, there was, I actually, you know what? I actually thought about it. Let's put it that way. Those other seven options, I know he nobody th- thought of evergreens. Oh yeah, yeah, with Edmonton trees. Yeah, let's go trees. Like what, seriously? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you that the other options were not good. And I mean, Elks, like the name itself, Elks just doesn't jive with me, but the look is good, which I think is more important than the name because, you know, the name could be awesome. Like Earthquake is an awesome name, but I don't know how you would depict that in a logo or a helmet. You can't. If you 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 just kept the EE and then, you know, it, it's not like I, if I was an Edmonton fan, I'd be cool with wearing the gear that I'm looking at on the screen here. But anyways, Elk, Earthquake, Evergold, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. (laughs) The Elwoods are going to smoke those guys when the season starts, but good to see Good to see that this is wrapped up and we can finally focus on football, hopefully in August. Chatelli flex and flop. Okay, Madge, let's get flexed. Let's get floppy. It's time for the Fratelli flex and flop. So uh, this week uh, you have the flex. So what do you got for us? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to the WNBA with my flex. Shouting out a Canadian icon. Kia Nurse plays for the Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA. They were up against the Chicago Sky a couple nights ago. 6.7 seconds left on the clock. The Sky have a two-point lead, 83-81. The Mercury inbound to Kia Nurse. And it's not just the fact that she hit a buzzer beater, Mastro. It's it's that she took the ball up to half court, Euro steps around a would-be defender, and while she's hitting the Euro step, heaves up the half court shot, hits the game winner, buzzer beater, Mercury win, they dogpile her, an incredible scene. And again, like I love shouting out the Canadian athletes when they do anything. And Kia Nurse is definitely one of the best basketball players in Canada. And arguably the, one of the greatest women's basketball players uh, in Canadian basketball history. She's my flex this week, Kianers. The Euro step half court buzzer beater doesn't get better than that, Mastro. Absolutely. And to be honest, it's one of those shots that you think you only see in movies. Like, like I feel like I'd see that in Space Jam or something. I didn't think that's that's a real possibility. I when I tweeted about it, I I shared the video from the WNBA account. Yeah. And I wrote the tweet was or that I wrote was damn Kianers, and I t- and I tied her account. Yeah. And that's literally what I said when I saw it. Yep. I went, damn! I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't right. believe what I saw. So yeah, just an uh, unreal shot. But Mastro, like we say every week, with every flex comes a flop. What do you got for us this week? every flex, there is a flop. This one's a nasty one. We foreshadowed this one because it was that bad. My flop is going to none other than Winnipeg Jets' Mark Shifley for obvious reasons. But let me elaborate a little bit. Poor guy. Good kid. Jake Evans celebrates his 25th birthday. Scores a goal. And then gets absolutely steamrolled. And I'm talking like dirty, disgusting steamrolled by Mark Shifley at the end of the game after he's already scored an empty net goal, blindsided from coming out behind the net. The hit itself, you know, under different circumstances, different time of the game, maybe middle of the game, center ice, whatever, like totally 
little different context might have still been like a penalty, but not as bad. This was just disgusting. The game was over. The guy scored an empty net goal. He was coming out from behind the net. He couldn't see anything, turn around the corner. And he absolutely charges him and go, okay, people are going to say, he stopped skating. He stopped striding. I don't care. The guy, the guy was lining it up from center ice. All right. He charged him from center ice, absolutely demolished him. The hit was high. And again, those will argue hit him in the chest. It was a high hit regardless. Okay. And it was just disgusting. I mean, I get tempers flare. You're pissed because you're lost, whatever. No excuses. Mark Shifley, you screwed up. You you had a, you had a brain fart or, or something, just something, you know, some kind of neuron misfire or something in your head. Uh, I, I don't understand. There, there's no excuse for this. Uh, during the time of our recording right now, uh, we don't know the result in terms of, you know, what suspension the league will bring down. We do know that he had a phone hearing uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday being Wednesday, uh, excuse me, being Thursday. And phone hearing does mean that the suspension can only be a max of five games. Analysts are suggesting two to three. We'll have to see what the league releases, uh, hopefully by game time the next day. So we'll see what happens. Uh, just very unfortunate and just uh, just it's a dumb play at the a good player making a dumb play and it's it's unacceptable. It really is the context of where they had happened, how it happened. Yep. The fact that Mark Shifley picked up speed from not just center ice, from the other net. He was in, he was deep in the Canadian zone when he started yep. back checking. And I don't think he really thought about what he was going to do until he maybe got to the blue line and saw what was happening. Like you said, there's just no, there was just, the word I keep coming back to is unnecessary. It was completely unnecessary even if the puck goes in and happens a second later, there was no attempt to play the puck. The game was 4-3 at this point. So if we've seen crazier things happen, if he had made a stick check, hit the puck the right way, tried to make any kind of defensive maneuver to get the puck off of Jake Evans' stick or block the puck from going in, fine. That's. But no, it was clear. The stick was up. The elbow was cocked. It was He was going in for the hit as soon as he was able, as soon as he saw the opportunity to do so. And... Yeah, it's unfortunate. Jake Evans coming into his own already has head issues. Has already yeah, had a few concussions. Third, uh, third concussion, poor guy. And this this guy, like you said, it, it was his birthday. Yeah. Not, not that that matters. I mean, a lot of guys know when each other's birthdays are on their team. It just sucks even more. <laughs> it just sucks that it happened on that day. And very quickly, my last point being, it just seems like Jake Evans, like when he gets rocked, yeah. he gets obliterated. And it's not of any fault of his own. It's no. just been bad luck since he started. Like he took a bad hit in a rookie tournament yep. uh, in his in his first season. He took a bad hit in the bubble last year. He took a bad hit during the regular season a few years, I think it was a couple years ago or this yep. year even. And now this. So I really hope the kid's okay. We could we've seen what this stuff can do long term to people's health. Uh, very quickly, you have a you have a guess. This the the number will be out. It might even happen while we're recording, but let's just yeah. assume it doesn't. You have a number in mind. Uh, How many games Mark Scheifele will get? The, well, the, the number I thought it should be was the rest of the series, if you ask me personally. Because if this guy mm-hmm. comes back, it's going to be a, a, a crapshoot. You know what I mean? Like, it's going oh, yeah. to be a it's mess. Gonna be a it's going to be like the Rangers-Washington Exactly. Based on the league, I'm going to shot in the dark. I'll say three. Yeah, I, I'm going to say two. And I agree with you that it should be longer. It's not even, you know, like you said, if this happens anywhere else on the ice in different contexts, it, maybe it's okay. It, maybe it's an unfortunate hit. But just you could tell. And the thing I was going to say, too, was you could tell Mark Scheifele was pissed off during the game. He took a penalty after a scrum. He, he hit Ben Sherratt while he was on the ice. He just looked like he looks he looked like he was seeing white. Yeah, he, he just looked like someone who lost control and needed to take it out on someone. And that's exactly what he did. So two words that just 
that just sum everything up here for me and that that define this perfectly are malicious intent. For me, that that is exactly how I would define what I saw. Yeah, we'll see if George Paros and the league agrees. Quickfire. Okay, Madge, coming up to the final bend here, the last corner, almost at home plate. It's the Kuji Quickfire. Are you ready to get quick? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Start the clock. All right, Mastro. Get ready for a heavy dose of soccer talk on the Imagine Master podcast in the coming weeks. The 2020 or 2021, whatever you want to call it, Euro Championship is around the corner as the highly anticipated tournament kicks off on June 11th with Turkey taking on our beloved Azzurri. The Italian side led by Roberto Mancini will be looking to start on the right foot on home soil as it looks to claim its second ever European Championship, a feat they will need to accomplish without being able to rely on legendary goalkeeper Gigi Buffon between the woodwork. Oh yeah, you better believe I'm pumped for that, Madge. Uh, In other news, Hall of Fame horse trainer Bob Baffert has been suspended for two years as of Wednesday by Churchill Downs. This means all stables employed by Baffert are prohibited from applying for stall occupancy or entering any races as Churchill Downs' own tracks. Baffert's horse and Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit tested positive twice for legal amounts of betamethasone found in medical, uh, sorry, medication to treat horses with osteoarthritis. It's not the first time the 68-year-old trainer is caught with a horse that does not pass drug testing requirements, which leave many in the horse racing community skeptical of his self-acclaimed innocence. Medina Spirit now faces retroactive disqualification from the Kentucky Derby, which means the runner-up, Mandalone, would be awarded the victory. Here's the kicker. ESPN reports that if this were to be the case, those who bet on Mandalone are not expected to receive any payment or refund. Sucks for those people. Sucks all around for what was a fantastic Kentucky Derby. Let's move right along. Heading back to the hardcore Mastro, legendary Duke men's basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski announced earlier this week that the 2021-22 season will be the final chapter of his Hall of Fame coaching career. Krzyzewski, the winningest coach in NCAA Division I men's basketball history, leaves the Blue Blood program following a remarkable 41-year career that included five national championships, 12 Final Four appearances, and a record 15 ACC tournament championships, while guiding his teams to a record 126 weeks in the number one spot of the Associated Press men's basketball poll. Oh yeah, Coach K, the man, the myth, the legend. The following content may contain scenes of extreme aggression that some listeners may find disturbing. It is not intended for the faint of heart and should not be heard by young children. AJ Dillon. Mike Davis, Giovanni Bernard, Najee Harris. What do all these men have in common? They are all NFL players. They are all running backs. And they all have crazy quads. That's right. You heard me. Quads. Twitter is lighting up with an influx of NFL running backs showcasing their quadzillas. Between the Buccaneers' Gio Bernard and his insane tone and definition, the Falcons' Mike Davis and his tree trunk quads, or freshly drafted Steeler Najee Harris and his leg monsters, the quad competition is taking the lead by storm. Even watermelon-crushing quad father himself, A.J. Dillon, has announced in a video tweet that he is recruiting these quadastic individuals to form the first ever Quad Squad. 
Who will be the next to join this elite group of leg day superiority? Do you have what it takes to be an unflawed quad god? That's it, Mastro, under the buzzer. How are your quads feeling after that phenomenal performance that you just put on? Twice as big as they were before. Oh, man, that was... <laughs> I really hope those guys hear that because you could be the face of the quad squad. <laughs> I'd be down for that. It's funny, too, because when we were in high school, Mastro used to like to get a good quad and mm. glutamus maximus exercise in. That's right. He would kind of... I don't even know how to describe what you were doing. It was kind of like walking up the stairs, but like doing squats. You would leapfrog the stairs and work on your ass muscles. Ass muscles. We would yell ass muscles in the the stairwell stairwell, of our our Jesuit high school. So I'm sure that went over well. Yeah. Great job on the quad squad. Great job overall today. Uh, Very quickly before we wrap it up, Madge Mastropod on Twitter, Madge Mastro Podcast on Instagram. Uh, bittersweet weekend again, Mastro. We've been uh-huh. saying this a lot in 2020, 2021. This weekend would have been, I believe would have been a Grand Prix weekend in Montreal. Right. A weekend that kind of kicks off summer in this city. Oh, yeah. Any thoughts, memories of F1 weekend yeah, I mean, from the past that you want to bring up? We, I've been going to this weekend annually i'd say for like about five years straight before or maybe four years straight before the pandemic hit and everything shut down i honestly thought we would have had a chance this year but i i do still understand the reasoning behind holding back on it but going you know looking back at the memories i mean this was great you'd, you'd walk down you know the main streets and i did you know they usually they'd close off i believe it's uh, saint Laurent boulevard down here uh, uh crescent would be cool you know like all all, all the big streets are closed. All the tents are up. All the radio stations are down there handing out free stuff. And even one year they had um, uh, like a little fun competition where you could be like a, a pit crew guy and just like see how fast you can change a tire and stuff. You know, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I've been to only one race. I didn't actually buy tickets or anything. We just, I was in one, I was lucky enough to be in one of the boats that were on the St. Lawrence River uh, that were able to see the Villeneuve track from the water. So that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, but I'm sure you've you've had your fair share as well. Yeah, downtown was always buzzing this time of year. Like I said, the unofficial kickoff this summer in Montreal was F1 weekend. Yeah. People from around the world would flock to Crescent, flock to St. Lawrence. You couldn't get in anywhere, which was kind of annoying. But there was enough going on on the streets of Montreal. Ferraris lying. And this is this is the week where everyone takes their nice cars out too. Yeah, that's right. So if you lived in that area, it was kind of annoying if you had to try and sleep <laughs> and wake up early because all you'd be hearing is engines revving all night. That's right. But yeah, it was just... Uh, it's just a different vibe if you haven't been to Montreal during F1 weekend. The vibe is just, it's its hard to describe unless you experience it. I hope we can do it again soon. Um, I have been to the race once. We were just kind of roaming around, standing trackside. And the noise is hard to describe also unless you actually hear it up yeah. close. But uh, yeah, it, it's just a fun time all around, whether you're a, a racing fan or not. The unfortunate thing is the... This is a big weekend for a lot of businesses yep. in the downtown core. So we're thinking of them this weekend, uh, but hopefully soon enough, you know, indoor dining opening up soon. Me and Mastro got to go get a beer one of these days. I haven't seen his face in person in quite some time. And I want to see those quads in person quads. one of these days too. So any, uh, any last words here, any final thoughts on your, on your Maple Leafs as we wrap things up here? Yeah. Uh, you, have a mess- you have a message, you have a message to the team. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'd like to, present my candidature as uh as coach because uh i feel like had i been implemented into the coaching staff uh this would have been over by game five because i wouldn't have played rasmus sandine and those mistakes wouldn't have happened thank you good night that's it done done case closed case closed case closed
it was phenomenal to see the future of the Canadians uh, kind of lead the way for Montreal. Guys like Esperi Kotkaniemi mm-hmm. with an overtime goal. Yeah, clutch. Uh, Nick Suzuki with an overtime goal. Cole Caulfield with some strong offensive performances. And who can forget that fantastic assist by Montreal Canadiens legend Alex, Alex Galchenyuk. Absolutely. So, Legendary. <laughs> with that said, uh, thank you, Mastro. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, we will resolve Apple Podcasts soon. Yep, yes, we will. And until next week, ciao for now.